According to a National Safety Council report, only 50% of companies prepare their managers to recognize and appropriately respond to mental health needs in the workplace. This is a topic of growing importance and one I hope we can shed more light on today. Hello and thank you for joining us today. My name is Joe White and I'm the host of Supervisor Skills Secrets of Success. The SOS podcast series is produced for the ongoing development of frontline managers. With each episode, we take on a topic of interest and interview a subject matter expert for the benefit of our listeners. In today's episode, we're going to talk about mental health, a subject that's been avoided by many for far too long in labor-dependent industries. My guest today is Dr. Dustin Keller, CEO of Camelot Care Centers and Vice President of Products for Pathways at Work. Dr. Keller lives in Nashville, Tennessee, and has a Ph.D. in psychology from North Central University. Welcome, Dustin, and thank you for joining us today. Hey, Joe. Thanks for having us on today. We're excited to be here. Absolutely. Uh, Dustin, if you would, just take a few moments tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Well, as, as you've already said, um, I have a Ph.D. in psychology. I'm a licensed professional counselor. My background is in, in you know individual therapy with clients, but I have somewhere around 20, 25 years in trainings and leading behavioral health companies and, and working with folks in the field who do this work day in and day out. Um, now, uh, with Pathways at Work, we've reached out to companies to try to help them provide sessions to their employees around more sort of generic mental health type topics, depression, work-life balance, burnout, stress and anxiety, in hopes that we can, we can be preventative or e- even early interventive um, to get in there and help employees understand that we're all dealing with stress and anxiety. Lots of us now, especially during the pandemic, are dealing with burnout or work-life balance. So we want to be there so we can give them tips and techniques to really try to um, hit these, uh, these um, issues head on. And, and let's talk about it because we know when employees come to work ready to work, they're a lot more productive and a lot more engaged. And we enjoy work more. But when we're dealing with stress and anxiety and those kind of things, as we'll talk about, right. um, it, it really slows us down. All right, great. Thank you for that overview. The topic today, obviously, is mental health. And for those that might be listening, when when you hear that term, and, and I want to get your take on it, uh, Dustin, what does that mean? When we hear the term mental health, what does that actually entail? Sure. For me, it's, it's everything outside of our physical health. It's everything outside, you know, you go to the doctor, they, they, they draw blood. Um, that would be the physical side of things. And so it's everything for me outside of what we can't test with a blood test. And there are certain things now that we can even, we can even get in there and, and, and look at in that way as well. But it's how we're feeling about ourselves and about the world around us. It's, it's the things we say to ourselves in our head. Um, it, it's all of those things that encompass when we get up in the morning till we go to sleep or for some of us who can't even sleep. Um, it, it's, it's all of those things combined. Okay. You had mentioned earlier in, or previously where you'd mentioned the pandemic and, and some of the things that we've seen coming out of that. And we're certainly on the, the downhill side of it, fortunately, at this point. And, and I'll tell you, in the last, I'll say, six to eight months, I've read several articles that suggest stress, anxiety, and depression are more prevalent now than any point in the recent past. Now, I'm going to ask you as a professional, is that true or is, that, is it just that we're becoming more aware of these topics? 
I wish that it was just because we're becoming more aware. Um, I, I would say it's wholeheartedly true, Joe. Wow. Um, I mean, o- over the past you know year, we've all been in a in a space of you know kind of toxic stress and anxiety, um, and and it just really has laid on us. And um, we haven't been able to do the the self care type things, going to sporting events, going to concerts, going out to to dinner with with friends and family. We haven't been able to do that, and that's kind of our protective layer that keeps our mental health in check and helps us refill our cup. And lots of us are going empty. We're, we're giving and giving and giving, and, and we don't have more to give. So, so that stress and anxiety is real. I would say pre-pandemic, 20% of people, a little less than 20% of people, dealt with anxiety-type disorders. Statistics coming out now are saying it's anywhere from 40 to 60% of oh, the population is struggling wow. with an anxiety disorder. Um, not to mention the increasing depression. Um, you know, we're seeing lots of research around where we are now, where we're opening back up and we're, we're trying to get back out there. Right. Um, and they've come out with this new term called languishing. And it's this idea that there were things that we miss, so we want to get back out there. But there's also things we liked about the pandemic if we got to stay home or, or we didn't have to do certain things because of the pandemic and we like that. Well, well, now that we're getting back out there, we're struggling with, wait a minute, I'm going to lose that, and I'm not real sure still about this. So we're kind of just in this weird funk of a place. I, I You know, I tend to, I, I know in my own personal experience, I mean, we're certainly in uncharted territory. It, it's, it, we're still, we're in that almost that hybrid mix of a little bit of the past and a little bit of the step forward. And and it is awkward. I know going to the gym, for example, some people still wear masks and others don't. And there's this, you know, do I get near you? I mean, there's so much of it that it's it's just uncharted territory. Most definitely. I saw a great Saturday Night Live clip um, this past weekend where they were like every post-pandemic conversation where you don't know what to say, you don't know where to go. Um, but I think, you know, there's some there's some um, comfort in the fact that we're sort of all in this awkward place together. Right. I, you know, I, being being a business you know leader uh, as you are, or mid you know as most of the folks listening who are more mid level managers, you know the struggle you're having um, with what do you tell your employees? What what do we do? Should we continue to wear masks? Should should we not continue to wear masks? And we know what you know the CDC says and all of that. It, it's just it is as you said, it is a very um, unprecedented time, and I know most of us are probably tired of that word, but um, <laughs> we've just never been here before, and, and we're all learning through this together. Right. Our listeners that are joining us today come from a wide range of industries. Most of them are going to likely be labor-dependent in nature. Uh, those are the companies that rely on their workforce to build, service, or ship something. Why is this topic, why is mental health something that they really need to be paying attention to, and why is it important to them? You know, Joe, I think for lots of those industries, you know, that when I talk with, with leaders in those industries, you know, 20 or 30 years ago, we were just concerned about the bottom line. Right. But over the last 20 years, we realized that safety, you know, it, it is, is of paramount importance in all of these types of industries. We have to keep our employees safe to be able to continue to come to work and do the work that we need them to do in a very productive manner. We know that mental health issues and struggles cost labor industries millions, if not billions of dollars a year. We know that um, if employees don't come ready to work in the sense that they've got their mind and body ready to go um, to do what they need to do, they can't do it. It's sort of like, um, 
having children come to school ready to learn. If they don't come well-fed and, well, you know, have a good night's sleep, they're not going to learn. The same is true for, for, for our employees. If they don't come ready to build, ready to, to construct, um, and put their, put, you know, be able to, to kind of shut their mind down and focus on what they're doing, it can lead to safety um, accidents. It leads to increased absenteeism. It, and it leads to downtime, and then that can lead into cost overruns and, and all of those kinds of things that, that play into when we can't finish a job on time. Um, so it, it's extremely important that we make sure our employees are safe and ready to come to work. And again, in the, ha- in the industries that we're talking about, uh, in many instances, they're high hazard, and, and you don't get a lot of if you're, if you're, for example, a steel erector, you don't get a whole lot of second chances if you make a mistake when you're 40, 50 feet in the air. That, that's exactly right. And if I'm worried about my home life, um, even even post even pre even pre pandemic, if I'm worried about my home life, something that's happening with my my spouse and, and myself or my family, um, you know, and if I let my mind wander for you know even a split second, sometimes that can be the difference in life and death. And so we want to make sure that that those folks are, are appropriately dealing with that stress and that anxiety or even that depression or that mental health concern, so that so that we can ensure their safety and the safety of the crew around them. In an earlier interview, we we had a podcast guest, uh, Cam Marston. He's a generational expert, and he referenced the that we really need to be paying attention to emerging or newer generations and some of the mental health issues or tendencies that may be coming with that or with those generations. But the question I have is related to that, but here here's the question. Are mental health concerns uniformly shared across all five generations that are now in the workplace, or are there specific tendencies unique to each one of them? So, so I would say that, that by and large, you're going to see lots of these same mental health concerns, okay. you're, especially right now during the pandemic or, or kind of as we move into this post-pandemic phase. Stress and anxiety is high. Work-life balance is high. And burnout is at an all-time high. And, and, and I want to say burnout here. Um, if you hear your employees talking about that or you're concerned about burnout, by and large, what we're seeing is that while employees may be leaving the company to go work somewhere else, um, they're finding that it's not the job or the company they're burned out with. They're burned out with the pandemic. They're burned out with not getting to do some of those things we talked about that, that are kind of natural self-care things right. that help us you know, fill up our cup. Um, but I would say that statistics are showing that some of the younger generations, um, there is a concern about resiliency and coping skills, um, and that, that they may not um, come to the workplace with as many of those types of coping skills. So we have to be mindful that some of those folks, um, or a larger portion of those folks, may come to the workforce um, not able to handle disappointment or in the same way as that, that other, you know, other colleagues or coworkers are able to do that. Interesting. So just being mindful that, you know, it may take them a little bit longer to, to kind of rebound or to cope when, when they don't get promoted or they don't get to do that aspect of the job. Um, and, and they also, they want a little more um, involvement in the process and a little more communication than, than what, you know, my generation might, might have wanted. Right. Um, so it's just certain things we, you definitely want to be mindful of. But, but I would say, especially right now, by and large, we're all we're all in this dealing with the same kind of levels of stress and anxiety, and and some of that is now turning into to, to you know longer term depression and and feelings of isolation, and so we're we're seeing that across the board. Wow. Okay. Thank you for that.
If I'm a supervisor, what are some of the things that I should be looking for? How do I know that one of my direct reports may be struggling with some sort of issue, mental health issue in one way or another? I think that's a great question because for me, it's, it's extremely easy. You, you see these folks day in and day out more than the people they chose to live with, more than their spouses, than their roommates, their family. You spend more waking hours and you communicate with them more than anybody else in their life. We're at work eight hours a day, you know, of our waking hours, five days a week. So we know their standard behaviors. We know the standard things they say or talk about or joke about. We know how often they're late, how often they show up or, or, they, or they call out sick. We know their standard behaviors. Right. It, it, what we're looking for is those changes in behavior. Okay. So, hey, their, their work productivity is decreasing or their quality of work. They're not doing, they're not, you know, they're not turning in the same kind of quality work day in and day out, or they start missing a lot. It, it, it's really easy because we see them day in and day out, and, and, and you know when, when something's amiss just by that small behavior change. And that's something as a supervisor, regardless of the industry, I'm easily able to relate to that because I, I fully agree with that. That's something that, you know, whether it be a, a coworker or someone that works in your office or, or on the job site with you, you, you do and you, you will notice when something is out of the norm. So if, you, if you're a supervisor and you do see or recognize that sudden shift in someone's demeanor, their behavior, their personality, what should you do? So this is the easiest part. But I think this is where most people are scared. They don't, they don't know or they don't want to get into this, to the stickiness of it. Um, or they're like, hey, I don't, I don't know about depression, and I don't want to talk about that. And I don't want to get into that. Um, but the thing here is um, it, it's just about asking if they're okay. It's, it's, it's acknowledging that you've seen something. So it, it's, it's really easy to go up to them and say, hey, man, is, is everything going all right? And, and, and more than likely, they're going to say, yeah, I'm good. I'm fine. And you know them. So at this point, you can reply back and say, well, you know, I've noticed that you, you, you come in late the last three days this week, um, or I've noticed that, you know, uh, your, your, your job quality is not the same. I mean, we had to, you know, we had to re-braise um, that last piece that you worked on, and we've never had to do that before. Tell me, tell me you know, kind of what's, what's going on. I, something, something's amiss usually that opens the door for them to feel open to, to talk about it or, or at least give you some indication that, that something you know, more might be happening here. Right. Um, and I think that's when you can lean in and, and provide either company-related resources like an EAP or encourage them if they have you know, health insurance to go see a therapist where there's lots of, of kind of talk, talk and text type crisis lines that they could call and, and get some resources and, and certainly would encourage that as well. But it's really easy to open that door and to have that conversation. You, you, you mentioned that, and I was thinking about early in my career. I was, it was, in my, I was in my late 20s, and I'll share a personal experience I had. I uh, was a superintendent. I had responsibility for safety for the construction of this particular site, and we had over 2,000 contract employees on that particular location. And I was in my office one day right after lunch, and I heard the door to my office slam, and I looked up, and there was a gentleman, a, a contract employee, that was sitting at the table in front of my office, and the tears were just running down his eyes. And, and you know, I knew the guy, but I didn't know him well, and so I asked him, I said, hey, what's going on? And, and the guy just says, I want to kill myself. 
And now I'm in my late 20s. Nothing has ever prepared me for that sort of, you know, event. And I'm sitting there looking at him thinking to myself, okay, is he going to kill himself? Is he, I mean, is this going to be something that happens in front of me? I mean, I was a million thoughts were going through my head. And so I just started talking with him. And what I found out is that he was going through a divorce. He had been married to this uh, to his wife for a number of years. And and it was a very ugly divorce. I mean, there were a lot of things. Uh, there was a chemical dependency involved, some other things that were in play, but nothing in the world had prepared me for that moment. But it was in front of me, and I, I had to deal with it. And as the case may be, there was an individual I knew that was, uh, he, he did counseling through his church, and I was good friends with him, and I called him in, and 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 it really it helped, but I was not prepared for that moment. I can tell you, and I, as you were talking about that, I was going, boy, if if I'd have had someone to help me in the past prepare for that moment, I would have been far better, uh, far better off. But but you did the perfect thing, Joe. You talked to him. I mean, that's in those situations, much like you, everybody I've ever talked to that's had that happen is scared to death. Right. But at the end of the day. He wanted the same thing you would want if you were in that situation. Somebody just to say, tell me what's going on. What's happening? Let me help. Right. We, we just, they want to get it out. They want to talk about it. They, they want some relief. Um, and lots of times if they are suicidal, they may not feel like they, they can find that relief. And that may be the only way out. Uh, and the truth is, you know, that, that there, there are a lot of other ways out. There's a lot of other ways to deal with it. Um, and, and having that conversation is a great way to start. I think the other thing, if, if, if we have a second, Joe, sure. is I would say that um, we also tend to give grace, which means we might dismiss it in the sense that, oh, I know why he's showing up late because I know he's getting into this or I know it's the pandemic or we're all stressed or I know that he and his wife are having trouble. And I would say that those are the times we really need to, to lean in the most and have those conversations. And even if you've already had this conversation and things aren't improving, Continuing to keep that door open and continuing to go back and just say, hey, man, I, I'm checking on you. I want to see how you're doing. Um, you know, I know we talked about this and, and I don't want to keep bugging you, but I'm always here. Um, lots of times just keeping that line of communication open because you never know when you'll get that door slamming day right. um, where they'll want to they'll want to let loose. And just to just to sort of summarize that, the engagement process, if you're a supervisor or you're a support resource on a project or for a company, and you do know that there's there appears to be an employee that may be struggling, that, that engagement process, it sounds like really can be nothing more than just being a sounding board, letting that individual open up and talk. But you don't necessarily have to have the solutions. You're just giving them opportunity to 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 talk. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. Most definitely. Yeah, most definitely. You're just you're just there to talk. And then certainly knowing what your company provides in the way of resources, most of the time it's an EAP, like I said, or some insurance. Um, you know, the 1-800-273-TALK number is a great um, national resource. Um, but, again, just, just having that conversation, you know, more than 50% of the time is really what that person needs and can really put them on the path to, to something better. Um, you don't, you don't need all the answers and you don't even have to know how to fix it. Right. Uh, but just letting them get it off their chest is, is greatly therapeutic. I, and I love that because when I opened this up, you know, the comment I made, there was a national safety council report that it said, look, 50% of companies aren't preparing their managers to identify or to be able to deal with mental health. 
And just the advice you've given, one is you, you recognize it through a change in behaviors, change in their demeanor. And, and then you have the ability to say, hey, is, you know, what's going on? Anything that, that I, you know, that you would like to talk about? I've noticed, you know, you've, there has been some changes. And then letting them, anybody can do that. I mean, that's not something that requires a trained counselor, professional, um, you know, someone with a PhD to be able to do. And, that, and as you'd pointed out, you're going to see it first. You're going to be the one on the job site or in, on, in the manufacturing facility that sees it before anybody else. That's exactly right. It, it, it sometimes get, gets compared to CPR. We all learn CPR to, to keep our folks safe on a work site. But, but, if you, but if you ask people how many of you have actually had to perform CPR or even seen it performed in real life, I, I've never have, right. uh, me personally. But I've had tons of these conversations, not just because I'm a counselor, but even outside of my job. I've had tons of these kinds of conversations. And I, and I would bet that the large majority of you in your personal life if it were a friend or family member, you would have this conversation in a heartbeat right? Um, because you, you, you love them. You, you want to protect them. The same is true for our friends and, you know, that we work with, our coworkers uh, and colleagues. Um, it's just as easy to say, hey, I'm, I'm here for you. That's great advice. And this is such a, a needed topic of discussion in, in multiple across the board in the industries that we serve. We've talked a lot up to this point about precautionary measures, things that we need to be aware of, things that we can do. I do want to ask you, are there any red flags? Are there things that we really should be paying attention to? If we see those, that's something we've got to, we've got to deal with immediately. Does anything come to mind? Certainly. Um, and and we, you, 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 you opened that door and hit on it in a big way, suicide. Someone talking about not wanting to be around anymore, can't take it anymore. Um, thoughts of killing themselves, and sometimes just asking that question, hey, have you thought about suicide or, or have you thought about killing yourself? Um, if you get up the nerve to ask that question to someone that you think might be in that situation, be prepared for a yes, because I can guarantee you most people won't ask that question unless they have, you know, some hard, fast evidence that they think it might, it might be something serious. Right. Um, but but, but that's, the, that's the best question you can ask. And even if they say no, there's no harm, no foul. Um, but it, it shows that care and concern. So, so suicide or, or, or thoughts like that are certainly a red flag. Um, second to that is substance abuse and alcohol. We know that especially during the pandemic with lots of people working from home or being cooped up at home, um, having you know, a bottle of alcohol somewhere in the house, we, we get used to just taking a little bit more. Um, and the statistics show that that's on the rise. And so if we notice that someone is coming in either, you know, more days than not with that smell in their breath or the bloodshot eyes in that regard, it might be uh, some, worth having a conversation to just say, hey, I've noticed uh, that, that you seem to be, you know, a little more involved here in, in using substances or, or drinking or, um, you know, and I want to help you out and talk to you about it. Um, th- those are the two big things that I think you should watch out for. Thank you so much. And it, if I summarize this and I, you know, try and leave the listener with something that they can go do today, you know, coming through this or going through this discussion, there's just so much here that's been uh, shared that's of, of, of benefit and value. I mean, there's a lot of information been shared today. What's one thing that if I'm a listener, I can go do today that I can at least act upon uh, that's going to benefit 
I won't say the employee, uh, at least uh, regarding this topic. Is there any advice you would give them? Go do this today. Be be mindful of this. Any actions that they can take? Certainly. I think it's just having that open door for your employees. You know, we talk about this um, in in office-based scenarios where we actually have doors. And, right. you know, I have this open door policy and I'm always willing to come talk to you. But just letting your team know, letting your employees know you know, that you're there for them, you, you're open to talking about some of these things, and you care about them um, in that way, that, that's the best thing that you can provide. So if you know right now of someone, if while we've been talking, you're like, yeah, I know that that person has been, his behavior has changed, or something different has happened. Right. If, you, if you get up from the, however you're listening to this podcast, if you get up from, from that and make that phone call or go walk over and talk to them, and say, hey, I, I noticed, and, and I, I just want to know that is everything okay? Um, you, you really can make a huge difference in, in your life and in, in your team's life. Um, and once, once your team sees that you're doing it for one person, they're more likely to come to you if they're in a similar situation. So you kind of open that door just by reaching out to one. It, it gives everybody else the opportunity as well. Yeah. The the unfortunate reality of this discussion and recognizing the number of folks that we may reach with this podcast, it's not a matter of if mental health exists as an issue. It's a matter of where. It's a matter of identifying. It's there. I mean, the statistics clearly prove that it's there. So we, we have to be mindful of that. It's not we're not talking about something you may never have an opportunity to see or identify, it's there. It's just a matter of uh, do you, will you recognize it and will you be prepared to deal with it when you see it? Definitely. Will you have the willingness, certainly. Yeah. Dustin, thank you so much. Uh, it was a pleasure speaking with you. I know we've talked a little bit in the past, and I, I cannot thank you enough for taking time out today to uh, to join us and to share this information. Definitely, Joe. It's been a pleasure to be here. Sorry it has to be under a topic like this, but certainly I have enjoyed it and look forward to coming back in the future. Awesome. Thank you so much. For those listening today uh, that may want to get in touch with with Dustin to learn more about Pathways, to learn more about the services that his organization provides, uh, there's contact information for him in the show notes for this episode. For those listening, I certainly hope you found this discussion of value and benefit. Uh, If so, please help us spread the word. Share the podcast with others that you know of that may have interest as well. The SOS podcast series is brought to you by AEU Lead, a consultancy dedicated to the needs of frontline managers. For additional information or to follow us on social media, please use the links in the show notes provided. That's it for now. Stay safe and thanks for listening.